Good day, mates. Welcome to Digital Digital Get Down. Thank you for listening on your podcasting device. This is episode 91, you yep. said? Closing in on almost... that century mark. In a couple years, we'll hit 100. <laughs> At this rate. What are we going to do for our 100th episode? I feel like we've pondered this before. Have we? And never come up with anything good. I forget to do a li- we have to do a live show, obviously. Clearly. Live show with Colin. All those people that have comments can call in live <laughs> for the show. Hmm. Do we even know how to do a live show? Like, technologically? Not in the age of corona, for sure. I didn't mean, like, live with an audience. Oh, like, live meant, stream. Like, live stream. Oh, I see what you're saying. Where, where like, nothing could be edited. Rough Correct. draft. That's makes it seem like we edit a lot more than we do probably <laughs> um it's just reminded me that i owe um special listener emily king yep uh an award for a, a game prize. that i didn't even remember playing <laughs> we had to play back the tape because you did not remember it i was like so ready for bed in in minute 86 or whatever that was um i owe her a prize of some sort okay i'll have to ask her what she wants it's not in the budget this is a very low budget <laughs> production if anyone would like to send us some money so that we can send <laughs> Emily her prize. Hey, I wrote a formal email to the good people, well, the formerly good people at Jelt Belts. <laughs> <laughs> Their full name is Jelt Belts? Oh, no, no, no. Their brand encompasses much more than just the Jelt Belt. Okay. Uh, and I pitched them like any good podcast host would. I said, I will advertise Please. for you. I expect no money in return. <laughs> But I would love a free belt on occasion. So you're begging them for free merchandise. Except you're giving them the advertisement now and they didn't send us anything for free. Yeah. I said formerly good people. I don't think that's much of a ringing endorsement. I thought that's what you were getting me for Christmas. Jelts for everyone on your list. I need to write it down. Yeah, it's a jelt Christmas. Very Mm -hmm. jelt Christmas. Very jelt Christmas. Hmm. Similar to the alpaca Christmas of of years gone. Themed Christmases, yeah. Um... I don't know if I have any news this week. Oh, I have one of each. I came prepared like a good boy. I have like, I have like real, not really counts as news news, but I can uh-huh. I can do mine if you want. Good news and bad news and who the hell knows what Heather's going to say next. I thought you were going to say who the hell knows what day it is or what year it is. That too. Um, My good news, I'm like still riding high on the foliage from last week. Yeah, I did not. I felt really affected by it. I mean, you spent a good amount of your childhood in northern New Hampshire, but I did not really know you had a p- particular affinity for I really like, elf culture. I, <laughs> I am going to buy the baby an elf outfit for yeah. Christmas. Um, Third host, sound asleep. The best parents ever. on wood. It's going to wake up at any moment. All-star parents. Um... What was I saying? Leaves? You were going to buy something? Oh, I really like the fall. Yeah. I tend to, like, my favorite season is usually, like, either whatever one I'm in at the moment or, like, the very opposite of what I'm in. You know, like, yeah. in, in winter, your favorite season is summer and vice yeah, versa. Yeah, see, I, I'm very triggered by fall <laughs> because I was such an anxious schoolboy. <laughs> so we seem to, like, having a lot of, like, repressed issues coming out right now. Isn't this what the show is for? Or you could just get a therapist. <laughs> um, so, like, the scent of fall, the leaves of fall, the word autumn, I equate it all to uh, dark mornings, getting up early for school, 
and dreading it. You dreaded school? I yeah, liked school. Pretty consistently. Really? Yeah. Why? I've never done this. Even when you. August would come, I'd go, oh God. Why? Oh Lord. I used to like back to school shopping. Not when you were husky. This is this all goes into the husky jeans at Sears. Maybe. Yeah. I think I like fall less now as a teacher because mm. it is um a little bit of dreading having to like go back to being super busy and stressed and this year has definitely been tough for that yeah but i i liked school i liked learning things but i never felt like we talk about a lot sometimes um that's a great sentence um i'm a very confident person once i've done something a few times so like the new aspect of like a new class a new school and new year teachers and, and yeah and and even if i'm good at math i don't know what this new class is going to be about maybe i won't be good at this maybe i won't like this next book that we have to read I struggle with anxiety, but that's not one of the things I struggle with within anxiety. Different people. I um, was definitely nervous about the first day of school in general, but I think for me it was usually more of like an excited nervous. Yeah. Like you get to see your friends and Hmm. I don't know. Anyways, uh, I like fall a lot. Yeah. I think I like fall because it's very, like, themed. You're not, like, a typical, like, pumpkin spice basic bitch, though. No, I... But I enjoy a fall, like, outdoor romp, you know? Yeah. You, you're you a Harvest pumpkin, Fest gal. Har- yeah, yeah, Harvest Fest gal. Uh, pumpkin patches and apple picking. You know how upset we got, I got about the apple picking oh, that year? Oh, boy. That was on this podcast. We've, yeah, for we've, sure. We've um, gone over that. Uh, we found the cutest pumpkin patch this year to take pictures Perfect. with the baby. Um, I looked it up and I was correct. And then we found that beautiful nature center next to it. I think that should really just be my good news. It's just like we've had a nice couple fall weekends. It's true. We had the pumpkin patch. We made a lot of people, well not a lot of people, we had a couple people at an outdoor um, conversation uncomfortable by introducing the term leaf peeping. Yes. (laughs) My parents were just like, what else would you call it when I told them that today? Yeah. I was like, they said they called it leaf hunting. Or, leaf, yeah. And my parents were did not like that term. So, no. um, yes, we did make people uncomfortable with leaf peeping. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, we had the pumpkin patch and kind of got some pictures. The baby was not amused. But, um, and we went, we found that new nature center, which yep. was like my new favorite nature center. In, yeah, in weather-wise, weather-wise, it's not a bad season. But I've it's always been a... Yeah, but I've always been a spring boy. Because that's when my birthday was, and just the sensation of spring and knowing school was going to be coming to a close, that just got me going. I always have, like, spring emotionally. Yeah. But the weather of spring is just garbage. Hmm. It's always, like, wet and muddy, and it's not quite We're literally talking nice about enough. the weather on this podcast. I know, but I have a lot of feelings <laughs> about it. Um, I'm just trying to say that I like all of the seasons. Mm-hmm. But I think... You love living in places with seasons. Yes. That's most important to you, it seems. Um, but I do particularly like fall. And the whole the whole reason this conversation started is because uh-huh. the Minnesota had this most beautiful foliage that I've seen in many years Pretty this good. year. I think part of that is Australia. Like, the foliage didn't do it for me there. It was sure. okay. But it wasn't like... They don't have, like, maple trees and stuff there. Yeah. And then the last couple years in Minnesota, like, we had really early cold in the fall, I think. And our house didn't have a very good access to... No, there were nice 
trees in the middle of a parking lot at our previous house so i think living where we live now um which has a tree in the town name uh, Mm -hmm. very aptly named yeah uh and also i just think like desperate for like some sort of joy or beauty in the world lately sure natural beauty when you can't find it elsewhere yeah that's a nice way to put it i'm gonna cry um this is like a full-on suburban podcast now uh I was also going to say that I think fall into winter is like the fun holiday season, right? Like if you go back, like there's fall and it's pretty leaves and you have like apples and pumpkins and then you go into Halloween, which was never like my favorite, favorite holiday, but it's like a fun holiday. Yeah. And then you go into November with Thanksgiving, then you go into December with Christmas. So like it's the run up to like a couple of good holidays in a row, like a couple solid holidays. Because then once you get past Christmas, you're like, I guess Easter's in April. Sure. Anyways. We've discussed some options about what to do with that November holiday to make it less mm-hmm. less offensive, less problematic, I guess. Yes. I Anyways. did my best to talk about Indigenous Peoples Day with my students at school, mm-hmm. giving them some information, letting them, um, kind of leading them, but letting them think about it on their own a little bit and not just like telling them things were bad yeah. and just giving them some information about it. I think the quote of the... Uh, the class with my my fifth graders who were very uh, riled up about Christopher Columbus mm-hmm. was Christopher Columbus was racist. Shocked. We should celebrate that other holiday instead. We should celebrate indig indig in, the other one. <laughs> thanks, thanks. Yeah, they could not say indigenous, but they tried. Do you know is is the push for Indigenous Peoples Day um, led by Indigenous people? Yes, it was okay. um, brought up in geneva uh-huh. the geneva convention or something okay something <laughs> i only have left watched the video that i made my kids watch um it was meant as an international holiday it, and it was sense. brought up yeah. by indigenous people and like their um uh like support sure their teams no i just like to make sure because in minnesota there's a lot of time it seems spent on the name of things and how to call things and kind of acting like if you change the name of a lake or a river or a town then you've like fixed something yeah Yeah. colonialism so i'm just sensitive to that i guess i was i was conscious of that when i was trying to find videos to share with the students because a lot of them were like old white dude historians talking about it yeah um i ended up settling on a local video that was local news people that was still white people but it was at least like a local news yeah. presenting it to connect it with the kids because one of the girls was like oh i've seen that late in interviews so sure. it's like connected it to them and then i shared with them some indigenous videos one video called we are indigenous i think and another video of like what does indigenous mean like kind of sure. a little kids video um so i tried to steer away from focusing too much on columbus because that's the whole point is yeah. that the holiday is too much focused on him and not on the peoples that he slaughtered and right. and hurt the populations that he hurt so and it's kind of the same discussion as like people saying oh juneteenth juneteenth needs to be like a a national holiday and no work and that kind of stuff and it's like yeah that makes sense to like get that holiday more recognition but that doesn't like erase or change anything about the history same same with indigenous people's day yeah there's no like reparations involved involved yeah um okay i did my 
best to teach my kids about it because I think it's important that, you know, we educate the next generation so that they, uh... This mug. Something's coming off this mug. Um, I'm the one drinking alcohol. You're not even drinking alcohol. Uh, And I also made some purchases at our local indigenous bookstore. Appreciate Minnesota that. Minnesota yeah. has a really cool um native owned bookstore. Give them a name. Birchbark yeah. Books. There you go. They have been fantastic. I ordered a book over the summer. I um did a workshop on climate change education that was like beautifully intersectional. I had a lot of great um information about traditional science, not just like Western science or however you want to call it. Mm-hmm. I learned a lot about traditional ecological knowledge. Yeah. Uh and was prompted, was suggested by someone to order this book called Braiding Sweetgrass, which is very long and dense, and I've not started it yet, but it's supposed to be very good. Um, I keep buying these nonfiction books and then not reading them, but uh, I ordered it from this bookstore, and it was here, like, in probably, like, 15 hours. I ordered it one afternoon, and, like, the next morning it was on our doorstep. Shop local. Uh, and then just the other day I ordered some books for Christmas gifts from this shop, and they, like, emailed me right away to tell me one of the books wasn't in yet, and they would get to me as soon as they could. And, like, they fixed an error I made when I was ordering it. Um, anyway, super responsive. Super nice. They have pictures of all their dogs on the website, which is important. Okay. Um, and, yeah, if you ever need any indigenous um, or native authored books or native crafts or anything, check out... Pictures Birch, of dogs. Birch, pictures of dogs. Check out Birch Bark Books. Um, they do ship. They are only... Um, online or curbside pickup right now because of mm-hmm. COVID. Uh, and they are in Minneapolis. Wow, you sucked up a lot of time for someone who said they did not have much news. I did? Yeah. How much of your like childhood anxieties <laughs> did we get into? That was not me. I was just going to say the leaves were really pretty this weekend and you made it a whole thing last yeah. weekend. Okay, that's fair. Um, my bad news is a quick one too. I saw it this morning. I did not read the article for the record, just saw the headline. Yeah, saw the headline, didn't click it, is, yeah. is how you say it. Um, Minnesotans are among the highest in the nation to, for leaving negative reviews for places. <laughs> that just, like, really checks out for me. And sure. I'm sure they went and said, oh, thanks, thanks, this was great, yeah, yeah, see you next time. And then they went home and it was, like, In the comfort of their like, home, yeah, yeah, sure. It just seemed very Minnesotan to me. Interesting. Uh, I just felt like that that checks out. Okay. It's my news. It's not really news. I guess it's news. I don't know. That's okay. Um, I feel like the people should know. Did we already talk about voting on this podcast at all? Um, or was that before? Not directly, recording? maybe. I don't know. Um, you and I voted yesterday. We did. Uh, it was more complicated than it needed to be. We mailed in our ballots in person. Yes, and I had to stand in line in the cold. It was literally snowing in the morning. I stayed in yeah. line for like 35 minutes in my house sweatpants. Not going out sweatpants. No. My house sweatpants. Yeah. House sweatpants. What I really uh, wanted was to find the closest mailbox to the building. The, yeah. Because the, the issue the we had box. was not tr- was not being able to trust the steps in between. Correct. Uh, mm. Instead, I had to wait in line for a very long time to get inside to drop our ballots off. Um, I just feel like I don't want to gloss over the fact that the news is, um, there's a lot of political news lately and we are not ignorant of that. We have been very involved. We've been paying attention to the debates as much as we can stomach and the town halls and things. Mm-hmm. Not all of them, cause I value what little remains of my sanity, but mm-hmm. uh, we are not ignorant of the stakes of this election and we are not ignorant of all things going on in the news with covid and politics and whatnot um 
but I kind of just assume that everyone knows all of that by now, and I don't need to, like, make it news. Correct. I can segue a bit, though, into my bad news. Go for it. Which is a, a very disturbing headline. Uh, so, in, in the middle of this pandemic, airlines have turned to offering flights to nowhere, and people are lining up for them. Was this an Australian story? Uh, it's, I think it was Qantas. It's usually, it seems like it's most popular in like Southeast Asia and Asia Pacific, I guess. I didn't see that story, but for Qantas in Australia, because they're on super, super lockdown. Right. So just Parts to... Of Australia, sorry. Correct. I want to discuss that maybe a little bit. But to reiterate what, what I'm saying here is that you would pay money mm-hmm. to go to an airport during a pandemic... You know, go through all the normal airport stuff, mm-hmm. security, um, waiting at gates. Really bad, expensive food. Really bad food. Awkward, you know, waiting in line. To board a plane, mm-hmm. do safety videos, all this crap. Go up in the air, have your ears pop, fly mm-hmm. around for an hour and end up back where you started. Mm-hmm. And the rationale given by most of the interviewees is, I just really missed flying. I don't understand that because nobody likes flying. Like, maybe a few people, but enough to, like, start a, 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 a money-making program about it? That's like, very disturbing to me. Nobody likes flying. You, like, some people, like, I enjoy like the traveling. act of getting someplace and maybe can enjoy some bits of it. But yeah, they were like ordering food on the plane and stuff. Why though? I don't understand. And yeah, I just, I do not support it at all because even if you are not risking bringing your germs into another populace, you are still saying, I want to get in a confined space with other people. Oh, uh, I was just thinking the absurd waste of of fuel and the additional pollution for no purpose. If you're, that's like the people who are doing the the commuting, the mock commuting. Yes. Whatever you want, to, whatever you want to call it. Yes, I won't. I won't disparage my employer at all. But if you are, yeah, using fuel in any way for just your own shits and giggles, that's problematic. If you want to go like for a joyride once in a while to get out of your house yeah. in COVID, that's one thing. If you are like fake commuting every day back and forth to your yeah. job that's on your couch, fucking get a hobby. And then Take a going walk, on bro. a yeah, then going on a plane on the weekend. Take a walk. So, anyways, it just kind of illustrates some of my frustration with with COVID response in different areas. Um, I was excited to see that that New Zealand like overwhelmingly reelected. It's prime minister. The biggest margin of all time. In the kind of, um, yeah, the kind of statistical outcome that I still hope could be possibly achieved. Something close maybe to that in this country because I think a slim margin is still freaking terrifying. I just want to remind the people that are listening, the person Mm -hmm. who is listening, uh, that you did not think there was any chance that T-Word would get elected. I did not. I had, I had a lot of bets riding on it not being close, as I do this time again. So, yeah, I just want to point out to yep. the people that your record is not great. That is fair. Uh, in election predictions, particularly elections with T-Word. Yep, fair enough. But 
Anyways, I I am quite quite frustrated with this country for a number of reasons, but one of the most current ones is egregious. Most egregious ones is how like that word. how the country as a whole and individual states have allowed the pandemic to stay at an alarming baseline and allow its citizens to act like that is normal and okay. And how it seems like that people think that we did the lockdown thing the one time and we did our duty and we're moving on because it seems like the uh, numbers are going up and up and things are just reopening because it's just like, well, we might as well just open. Like there is no talk of like going back into a shutdown or anything like that to try and stop the spread. I am firmly pro-lockdown. I had brief thoughts of trying to start some sort of grassroots movement of a voluntary lockdown and then seeing the very alarming news related to the Michigan governor i realized that if if you know state leadership cannot tell its citizens to follow a rule and stay inside then there's no chance in hell that people are going to get motivated by fellow citizens so Anyways, I'm firmly pro-lockdown. I hope that when Joseph Biden is sworn in in mid-January, whenever it is, I hope the day after or the day of, he locks us all inside our houses as much as is feasibly possible for the vast majority of us for between four and eight weeks, I would say. Because you are correct, we never did a lockdown. We had stay-at-home orders, which became stay-at-home suggestions immediately when people realized uh, how loose they were. Can I ask mm. how you would combat, um, how you would enforce the lockdown without reinforcing racist policing? That was a concern with mask mm-hmm. with the mask order in New York City, for example. Yeah, is that something like um I, I saw a stat the other day it was something like men of color are nine times more likely to be stopped during a lockdown mm-hmm. order than anyone else going about their business just in terms of unfair policing yeah same thing with mask orders so i will come back we- to that i'd like to okay. kind of self-correct a little bit because sure. i was being a little bit um more extremist than i actually want to be because i think i think australia is a perfect example for the United States to follow. And that's what really frustrates me is that it's not like America is solving a problem that no one else has faced or no one else is facing. Like, there Same are blueprints. Same thing with gun violence. Always. Same thing with, with a lot of things. Sure, yeah. We're not reinventing the wheel, to we borrow a cliche. Are. People are like, but other countries aren't the same. It's like, well, you could just yeah. try it. So I've been following the situation in Australia a little bit. I'm certainly not an expert. We can have a, uh, a guest perhaps fill us in. But... Life in Australia, in most of Australia, is back to normal. There are AFL games going on, I think, in New South Wales and Queensland, with, like, full stands. Full... That, like, terrifies me now. This is what the the U.S. has done to me. Uh, Victoria is, unfortunately, not in that same position, because I think their quarantine guards started banging the quarantine people is i think what kicked off their big wave oh i didn't see that yeah um anyways so melbourne has a beautiful beautiful website which you can visit and it tells you the number of confirmed cases over the last i think 14 days 
and at the at the next part of the website it tells you if they get to this number then they move to this step of the open up process and that means you get to have uh, gatherings with this many people and that means you can move freely within this many kilometers of your home and stay out until this time of day and I'm sure there are people who are extremely frustrated by the government regulations being imposed on them and arguing that their liberties are being uh, taken away from them but from what I understand by and large people are abiding by it and it you know I I foolishly assumed that you could do something like that for two weeks and it would go away because as long as most of the contagious people were kept isolated then it would kind of die off but as Melbourne Melbourne is realizing it takes longer than just the length of the, the virus too. yeah but the other key thing about Melbourne, like we're saying, it's that is one very small part of a very large country, and the actual rules that are being imposed are for Metro Melbourne. Uh, the rest of Victoria has very, very different regulations. And so I get when people look at our president and say, where's the plan? Why did he let this happen? But this is a nation of 50 states where a lot of power is delegated down to states, including, I believe, for health-related emergencies and issues. Yeah, but the states in the states in America are so the states in the U.S. are so much closer together and have so much more sure. interaction that if you don't have some sort of nationwide baseline standard, yeah. because that's what's happening with Minnesota. If you look at the map right now. Yeah. All four states around Minnesota are four of the highest Correct. states uh, in terms of uh, rising cases recently. Minnesota so could Minnesota not have can, said in March, we're closing our borders. Minnesota can do their best, but when the four states around them are actively defying yeah. any sort of rules, there's only so much they can do. Whereas the metro areas in Australia, from my memory, are so much more spread out and separated from each other. Yeah, there sure. They get very a, many people that drive from Melbourne to Adelaide or from Melbourne no. to Sydney or something like that. No, they definitely have that advantage in terms of combating this. Also, they are at a containment phase. We passed mm -hmm. containment in March. Yeah. I still go back to March, and aside from lockdowns, I do not understand why there was never any talk of shutting down entire airports and domestic commercial flights. But the economy... So, anyways, that was probably way too long on that, um, but I, I should address your question that you that you challenged me on. So, I don't honestly know how it's being enforced in Melbourne if you somehow show ID, which has your residence on it. There was an issue in Melbourne with that. The place that got um, locked down on very short notice yeah. was a kind of low-income area with a lot of immigrants. Yeah. And they were literally just locked down and not allowed to leave like yeah. like enforced but there were other areas with similar infection rates that were wealthier areas that were not shut down mm. so you still have systemic issues systemic racism and that type of issue yeah. or xenophobia within this system yeah so it's hard to when you draw a hard line on it, you're affecting some groups more than other groups. Yeah. Like, I think we have to comment on the fact that, like, you are working from home in our house that sure. we own. Privileged in that respect. Uh, and yeah. privileged in that respect. I think it's easy to sit in our ivory tower, our... Bubble. Sided, our wood-sided tower, whatever yeah. you want to call this house, and... It's vinyl. And say, 
uh, everyone should be on lockdown. I know. But if people can't afford to buy food for four to six weeks, if people have a job that they can't miss for well, that certainly long... certainly the government has to make it possible. Yeah. Um, but in terms of the actual policing of it, if, if the government restrictions control the economic aspects of it, you reduce, greatly reduce the opportunities for people to gather in large groups. So, yes, you may want to check individual people to say, are you staying within your your radius of where you should be? But well, if that person is on their own, that's a very, very low risk. But right now, so like in Australia, you're allowed to go out to pharmacies and grocery stores. That severely limits where people can go, what they have to even do outside. The movie theaters are house. open here. And there are commercials playing that say the movies are back. Come see the movies. Like you the one are. What we saw today looked like a ghost town. Yeah, you are urging your citizens to go and put others in risk. So I do not blame individual people for making foolish decisions, whether it's attending a college. Whether yeah, if you're feeling guilted into going to college, to a wedding, to a restaurant, you cannot trust individuals to to fix this. <sighs> Is that the end of the podcast? It should be. That's half an hour. My good news is Dominic Team won a Grand Slam somehow, very oddly. An asterisk Grand Slam. Oh, for no sure. Offense, Dom, it no. was a bizarre, ugly match where two men, two very young men, looked like... Very elderly. Very elderly at the end. Like, I could have beat either one of them at the end, which is freaking terrifying. I could have no. I could have um, that good. Credit to the, I guess, the tennis world for running two two large large tournaments, by all accounts, successfully and safely. Um, same Rafa. shout out. Yeah, yeah. I guess he won. Uh, same shout out, I guess, to baseball, where in uh, in August we were saying this is a disaster. It's going to get shut down, and of course you would have liked to. Uh, have them made it through the season with zero cases, and a few teams unfortunately did have to some. Football. Yeah, but the shout out to... needs to go to the NBA and the WNBA. They had zero Good cases. Good call. Zero cases. Make ML... a bubble, enforce the bubble. MLB made a mess of it at the beginning and yeah. then kind of sorted their shit out. Right. They don't have the luxury of of having a, a court set up like basketball, but. But outdoor games. I know. Anyways. Um, so. We gotta do our quick segment here of bad old movies. Maybe jump into the. It's already been thirty minutes. Well, let's save the one we were gonna talk about for maybe next time. But I wrote down speed. Oh, okay. <laughs> Which I think, I think I watched. I watched about eighty percent of the movie total, and I watched twenty percent of it on mute. I think that was a very odd way to watch speed because nothing happens. <laughs> First time you've seen it. No, I've seen it before, and I've seen other chunks of it, like, okay. repeated times. This was, like, the but first time a... I'd ever stopped on it on cable. Have you ever seen it? Though? No, not from start to finish, oh, no. Oh, that, that makes it very different. Yeah. I, I knew seen the, the general idea. Time. I knew the premise. Very strange to watch on mute. Would not, rec- would not recommend. The dialogue isn't great, yeah. but it really is nonsensical when you don't have the dialogue on. Yeah. It just made no sense. Yeah. Um... Okay, I have much else to say. Especially the very end. Yeah, I wasn't really paying attention to the end. I was talking to my parents, and, and I was having them try and narrate from their memory what was happening <laughs> of the movie, which is actually probably better than the dialogue. Yeah. 
Uh, but I was like, why are they still in the subway? And my parents were like, oh, yeah, I think the guy comes back. And then they're on the train, and there's a I mean, you can, you can, like, picture the writer, right, who's like, what if a terrorist rigged up a bomb that would go off if a car or a bus went under a speed limit? So you had to maintain a speed. That's a pretty cool premise. Is it, though? It's an interesting idea. It's a premise. I think this connects well to the other movie I thought you were going to say. Hmm. The Fugitive. Yeah, I didn't know if you wanted to save it. I'll save the other one. What's we'll the other one? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll save that one. Save that one. Okay, yeah, Fugitive. Fugitive, who was an Academy Award, not, no, Academy Award nominee, which made me laugh. Um, yeah. I didn't know what to expect. I kind of thought I was watching The Bodyguard, because I always get these movies confused that you talk about a lot. Never spoken about the bodyguard. I don't think I've Kevin ever seen Costner? it. What's the other one? The witness. 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 Just witness. Okay. Anyways, that one came up because it was on Bob's Burgers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He said, "Was was the only witness an Amish boy who doesn't speak?" And <laughs> no, I thought that joke because I haven't seen it. Um. So yeah, Fugitive. I I guess I had pretty high hopes for. Um. I was really intrigued by like the setup of it of like a the Shawshank Redemption type. Uh, accused accused wife murderer and you don't really know if if he's telling the truth or not mm-hmm. so you're like am I going to root for this guy am I not uh, he seems to be a very well respected doctor and now his life is just taken away from him and he's thrown in prison Prison. Um, so yeah it's an interesting movie it it gets going quickly like very quickly he is his wife is killed he is arrested he is charged he begins his sentence and he somehow miraculously gets out of custody and gets on the run you would think that was like the whole movie yeah it's like 50 it's it like the opening Shawshank credits redemption if that was the whole correct if he like watching fugitive made me appreciate shawshank more it's still not like one of these people who's like oh my god shawshank right but that's you know i'm one of those yeah. people Man, red, right? Mm. Um, I think it's like a, a diverging timeline of Shawshank, kind of. Yeah. So there are certainly some very, I guess, iconic scenes that weren't iconic to me, but I can see why they are. Like him jumping off of the the giant dam and some, somehow surviving just a little bit. And the Tommy Lee splash. Jones quote where... Um, Harrison Forrest says, I'm innocent. And Tommy Lee Jones says, I don't care. Right. That's like iconic. Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones is pretty good. I, I'm still not quite sure if that's how that department of, of law enforcement <laughs> operates. Yeah, he seemed to have quite a lot of carte blanche. Yeah. The right phrase. Yeah. Where he just kind of did whatever the fuck he wanted. The marshals or whatever they are. Yeah. Like, I still don't really understand what a marshal does. They're specifically in charge of convicts. My only context would be The Fugitive and uh, Lost when uh, Kate's being transported and Prison Break, yeah. You used to watch that show? I watched Prison Break, yeah. Until they broke out of the prison. Then I stopped. (laughs) Well, wouldn't that be the end of the show? No, no, they kept going. I still need to go back and finish Orange is the New Black. Yeah. That was going to be it. So, yeah, not to waste too much more time on The Fugitive, but I I take issue with, with the latter stages of of the movie, I kind of had a Yolanda moment, I guess I'll call it, <laughs> with 
with a certain doctor who kept appearing on screen with the accents with a different a very accent changing every time. accent every time yeah so i was like either a really bad actor and later on when i read some faqs it was like he was the original actor died and this guy was thrown in at the last minute anyways so really? yeah hmm. so you could kind of sense something fishy going on and yeah you get to a point where harrison ford's character gets back to chicago and is sort of operating like on his own but feels like he can only be safe if he uncovers the true nature of his wife's crime he wants to prove his innocence he also must have like the worst lawyer of all time because the fact that he he got uh convicted of this crime with a very lack of evidence and and how easily then Harrison Ford is able to put together the case He's and they didn't do it the smart. year before but he was he was there the year before when he was being accused of it anyways the conspiracy that that the writers of this movie cooked up seemed like it probably went through a few too many drafts um and and probably didn't talk to many people in the pharmaceutical industry who could have explained explained a few factors medical industry at all yeah so anyways i was left just kind of going huh at the end of the movie and there's a there's a real great scene in like that hotel ballroom where the two men confront each other and it's and then they chase each other into i don't understand why the other guy gave chase he had all of the power (laughs) yeah the other guy's literally a prisoner he could just be like this man is wanted and they would arrest him very bizarre. I think yeah. you're right that there was a lot of plot changes and perhaps acting changes that made it very strange. This is a movie that um, is better to watch piecemeal uh-huh. on cable. Catch a scene or two, you're saying? Watching it all the way through, you're just like, wow, a lot of this doesn't add up. When you just flip through channels and you're like, oh, they're at this scene when he jumps off the dam. Or they're at this scene when there's oh, a sure, chase. Sure. Or no, they're right, at this the, scene. Yeah. I think speed might be the same way where you can click it on Probably. and you're like, oh, they're still on the bus. But then when you watch the but whole thing, yeah, I was very invested in the poor dead wife. And then you get to the end and you go, why would anybody have orchestrated that crime? It didn't really accomplish much. They wanted to send a message to him. I don't know. We're talking about it too much. It wasn't even on the agenda. It was on my agenda. Hmm. Um... Man, this was supposed to be an actual episode where we talked about, like, just two things like we're supposed yeah. to. Um, do you want to get into one of our main segments? Let's do it. Okay. Um, what's our TV show one? Do we just... Shit's Creek. Poorly sing... No, no the theme Oh, song. sorry. You ruined it. We're off. It's not good. We have been watching Parks... We have been watching Parks and Rec again, though, because it's yeah, it's quite alarming festival. to me how little comfort TV we have. It's basically just Parks and Rec and British Bake Off and British Bake Off. Yeah, we just finished the season tonight. A little bit of a boring, uh, not a boring season, but a boring final. I didn't realize it was a boring season until we got to the final. Yeah, and then the people that were left in the final, I was like, oh, I don't actually really They're great characters. Yeah, you know, yeah, they were, seemed like too much like real people. Yes, whereas. Sometimes they seem like um, TV characters. Yeah. Anyways, I guess I'm happy you won. We're like a couple seasons behind, though. Speaking of comfort TV, I think Schitt's Creek would have counted for that for a good couple of months for us. 
it was the show we were putting on when we were like, yeah, let's just watch some, some shit. Yes, Creek. like over. I thought you meant going forward, like over the summer. Yeah, no, no, no. My, you know, we're we're talking about the show having watched all six seasons. No movie. And now it's on like a syndication on like three different channels, and I've put it on a couple nights, and I'm like, I could give or take it. I think the problem with Schitt's Creek is that it, first of all, it's a little bit of a quieter show. Like, there's not a ton of, like, this part's coming up kind Correct. of kind of things. But also, it is such, like, a micro show. I never know how to do We're kind of, like, backwards mm. talking this segment. But mm-hmm. it's a, such, like, a, a micro show that, like, not much happens in each episode. But there's a larger character arc in each season for each character. That's a, a larger development arc for each character each season. That's yeah. really pleasing to... It's a slow building kind of show. Right. The individual episodes, like, aside from, like, a couple when I'm like, oh, yeah, I want to watch that one. Um, I think it's a better show to put a random one on, a particular one that you like. Yeah. If you're bored, than it is to, like, catch whatever one happens to be on TV. Yeah. Because there's not a lot that happens in each episode, and each episode covers such a small period of time, it feels like. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess it's very different than, like, Friends, which I have... I have successfully stopped watching for the most part. But, like, that show just works perfectly in syndication. Because, like, if you have ten minutes, you can catch up on, you know, what the A, B, and C storyline are and get a couple of bad jokes. With Shit's Creek, it just doesn't operate the same way, I guess. Yeah, the the overall, like, flow of the show is, is very different, so it doesn't yeah. necessarily work to just watch an episode here and there. Um, I was going to say that my parents have started re-watching it, they got oh, they desperate. gave up, I thought. My parents got desperate. My mom was liking it okay, and my dad did not like it. And he said he didn't want to keep watching it. Which is what my father said as well. They got desperate for a short, happy show. There's not many out there. There's not many out there. Um, and based on how much I had recommended it, mm-hmm. they started watching it again. And now my dad says he's enjoying it. They're in season two. Something about season one turns off old men, I guess. I think I wasn't super hooked season one either yeah because i started watching it and i just kind of was like eh. and then i got to season two or three and that's when i started like maybe two and that's when i started you would make fun of me because i would just like binge like four of them in a row correct um and i would just hear the trombones and i go oh, oh here I we go again trombones um so yeah they've started watching it again and they're enjoying it uh-huh. so they've been watching the heist yeah i've seen that one i don't know about. Um, and they needed a short, like, comedy to watch. I tried to recommend One Day at a Time, which I've recommended to them before. I think they would like it. Yeah. And they actually knew who Rita Moreno was. I think they would like it. But then they were just like, wasn't that already a show? Yeah. Is it a remake? It's a reimagination. Re- uh, it's a, yeah, I it's a reboot. Maybe it was a remake, because I said, oh, it was the original family in it, Latino. And I was like, no. no that's the point. It's a, it's a reboot with a big, a big bend to it. So what else do you have to say about Schitt's Creek? Schitt's Creek is a weird show. Time does not pass normally when you're watching Schitt's Creek. Hmm? The episodes are the same length as like other sitcom-y type shows, but it seems like they go by very quickly. Huh. I think. Okay. Like you're watching it and you're just like, oh, that's the end of the episode. It's been 21 minutes. Yeah, they they have like A, B, and C plots, but like the entire... The basic structure of the show is, I think, different than some typical sitcoms. It's, um... Pacing, maybe. The pacing is different, and also, like, 
you know I don't actually know anything about like making TV shows. Yeah. Like the camera work is different. Yeah. It's not like a a single cam. It's not like a studio. Multicam. It's not like a very obvious studio set kind of sitcom. For sure. Like Big Bang or One Day at a Time where it's like you only ever get the same view of the living room. Right. And like you only ever uh, see like three different scenes. Right. And we had that. And then we had very a ton of Modern Family, Parks and Rec, and uh, Office where you it was all this mockumentary kind, kind of thing. This feels more immersive and more personal because the camera... I don't know how they do it, but like you follow the characters around, but it doesn't feel like a mockumentary one. No. But it also doesn't feel like a sitcom on a soundstage. For sure. Um, so I think that makes it feel more intimate. This is some good analysis by you. Thanks. I have watched it twice now, so I... How much of it did you rewatch with me? Like three seasons. Three or four, yeah. Three or four seasons. Maybe four seasons. I think four, probably. Um, I do think the way they film it makes it seem more intimate i think the way that they focus on the characters and not the plot Mm -hmm. is different i love the non-canadianness of it just like orphan black where both shows are kind of like if you force us to say it yes this is taking place in canada but it's meant to be vaguely midwest (laughs) Um, vaguely america especially because they come from new york but they never really say where they are yeah um i would say that a lot of sitcoms are plot driven with some character development uh, or some very subtle long term character development mm-hmm. like Friends they they almost wanted it to be like a cartoon type show where the characters are just like archetypes all the time correct um, whereas I think this show was firstly about character development and more about like what would realistically happen to these people and less Mm -hmm. about what funny thing can we put in this episode today right the humor it's got its own brand of humor for sure it doesn't have like punch lines like friends or the office does um try and would i laugh at laugh out loud in some episodes, not you every episode. I would loud a lot at Moira, which I did not know if you were gonna get her. So yeah, at some point I would like I would like this to rank the Shit's Creek's primary actors. Uh, in terms of like my feeling, my feels yeah, yeah, for yeah. them, or in terms of no, like feels the actual acting feels, and then we crit- critique them. Um, David, mm-hmm. Patrick, Alexis. Ronnie, Jocelyn, Johnny. Oh, you're going to that. Wait, did I miss Moira? Yeah. Shoot. I don't actually like Moira. Uh huh. Roland. What's her face at the diner? Twyla. Twyla, Ted, Bob. Mutt at the bottom. Bob. Mutt. Bob and Mutt are close for me. Although, but Bob has that saunter to his step that probably gives him the leg up. Maybe Bob <laughs> should be a bit higher. Did I, get I think you got just about everybody. That who wasn't just like a very you forgot Stevie. I think. Oh yeah. Huh. Um, to give you at the bottom, I would say uh, Bob, Stevie, Mutt, Mutt. <laughs> <laughs> um, I won't do the whole ensemble. I don't think so. Yes, I'm a Moira Rose first and foremost, but with an asterisk on it. Um, it would go Moira, David for sure, 
then mm, probably Alexis Patrick um Johnny Ted um probably Stevie Stevie above Ted but below Johnny yeah and then like the extra community cast Roland is hit or miss Ronnie is probably the best out of the bunch Jocelyn yeah I could give or take take or leave <laughs> um and Bob yeah who else were we missing in that expanded Twyla. cast? Twyla had a good couple one-liners early in the show, and then once I realized she was a levy, I just felt uncomfortable about her being in the show and not being the sister. Slash daughter. Right, sister and daughter. Um, I think that's pretty much all the principles. That's the word I was trying about to find. The tortoise. The tortoise. Mm. It's only in one episode. Um, so my Moira Roy's asterisk is that I did not like, like, season five and six Moira, especially season six Moira, um, because, like, her vocabulary thing, which in the early seasons is, like, twice an episode, she'll, like, give out a, throw out a word, and you'll be like, what the fuck does that even mean? In season five and six, she did it almost every single line, and it was annoying. I guess I didn't notice that that much, or maybe I just thought it was part of her character development that she was kind of getting a little bit of her pep back in her step. Mm -hmm. Because in those later seasons, she's kind of making some more moves in her career and is feeling better about herself. Um, And I don't know, I guess I kind of thought that was a consequence of the way her character was developing but you're probably it makes sense but in terms of my enjoyment of the yeah. character and her line delivery it and soured it is, a bit it is always um a little sus as the kids say mm-hmm. suspicious um, thank you for spelling that out I, we still gotta get you to play among us i'm gonna yeah. let you play on my phone sometime just to oh my phone the the shared phone the shared phone you can play on this one and i'll play on my ipad and we can play in the same room okay um What's suspicious? It is always a little bit, I'm always a little bit skeptical when right around the time a show gets famous, things change. Mm-hmm. And I think that was right around. Started like, to get some notoriety. They started some to of the get Twitter some love. notoriety. And then maybe that's like they tried to play up, whether whether consciously or subconsciously. Yeah. They're trying to play up like one of the more popular characters and the, the thing that people like about her. Sure. Gay people love Moira, apparently. Yes. Um. Camp. Also, like, a very sort of specific um, pet peeve I have about TV shows is I really dislike emphasis on a fake TV show or movie inside of a TV show or movie. Mm, I like that. I'm okay if in passing it's mentioned as, like, a title and, like, as a callback joke. I don't like when it becomes, like, a pivotal part in in the plot. So, like, when the croning was mentioned as, like, this bizarre eastern european movie that she was going off to do i was like okay that's kind of funny when it became like a huge fixture for a whole season i got tired of it i don't mind it when it's like very obviously fake and not meant to be anything else yeah i if it was like star wars you know when it's like a when it's like a pun or like a really bad um it's obvious that it's meant to be it's a different 
thing uh-huh. when it's like Barry Hodder, the famous book sure. series. Like, I that's when I'm like, whatever. Yeah. This one, it was so obviously false. Yeah. That it didn't bother me. Okay. If that makes sense. They weren't trying mm-hmm. to like do a satire of something else. It was just meant to be this ridiculous movie. Sure. Um, Can I list a couple of my other quibbles? I was going to talk about the things I liked about the show. Go ahead. Do that. Um, and now I can't think of any. Go on with your quibbles. I'll think of what I was going to um, say. So looking at the show as a whole... My quibble is kind of that in the end, they've presented you, or in the beginning, I should say, they present you with a rich, entitled, uh, privileged family who they do mock throughout the show. Mm -hmm. But the whole point of the show is to make those people endearing to you and to root for the white rich people, or once rich people, the white, I'd say they're still privileged in some ways. Yeah. Um, and so it just, it feels like in, in this day and age, they could have done a little bit more to be, um, a little bit more progressive than saying, here, we're going to focus on rich people who lose their status and here's how they redeem themselves. I disagree with you a little bit on Mm -hmm. your perception of it. Um, first of all, I think it's important to acknowledge that one show cannot be all the things. For sure. And this show... That's, I always go back to not everything can be um, Moonlight. Is that the movie? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. This show very much focused on, like, a world with no homophobia. I was going to give it and, a lot of credit for that, yep. And that's, you know, right what you know, that, like, that's Dan Levy's wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. Because um, he was semi-autobiographical with his character, it seems like. Mm-hmm. Um, with the clothes too. Some of them. <laughs> One of the interviews I watched with him, he some of the pieces he specifically wanted for himself and got for the show, but other yeah. pieces he would never wear, and they were just kind of outlandish, <laughs> and it was just for David. Um, but I also think that the point of the show is elitism mm-hmm. and how dangerous and silly. It is to be elitist in the way that they were elitist. Mm -hmm. And the point of the show is to make them... I don't think the point of the show is to make you care about those characters. I think the point of the show is to root for them to be more humble and more likable. The point of the show isn't for them to succeed. Bring them down to earth. You're not rooting for them to succeed. To get back to their previous status. Yeah. Yeah, you're not rooting for them to get their money back you're rooting for for them to be like reformed as characters i think that's what i think what you're rooting for isn't for them to like go back to their penthouse and i think they're pretty explicit about that Mm -hmm. in with especially like with some symbols like the characters end up yeah well i was just thinking symbolism in the in the the way they have that painting and then they realize that 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 life is no longer their life it doesn't fit them anymore so i think what you're rooting for is for them to like become better people not rooting for them to be rich again if that makes sense yeah that's a good counter to my my point i think when i was describing the show originally to you i said it's the opposite of parks and rec parks and rec asks you to follow along with these small town people and realize that like there's big dreams and big people in small towns Mm -hmm. 
and it 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 like redeems small towns to you the viewer yeah and Schitt's Creek is like the opposite and that the main characters are the fish out of water in the small town that yeah. like hate the small town yeah whereas in in Parks and Rec the main characters are the people that live in the small town yeah I'm not describing it very well but mm-hmm. like the um it's small town life portrayed in very different ways because Parks yeah. and Rec welcomes you into the small town and shows you it, whereas with Shit's Creek you're following along with the outsiders to the small town. Yep. Um, From afar, I expected the show to be, and I think I told you, I was like, this is just a less funny Arrested Development, right? Yeah. Because the whole point of Arrested Development is a family with with money who lo- has jail. lost its money and has to deal with it. Um, is in jail. The father, yeah. So, so yeah, very, very different shows. Very different senses of humors. Very different uh, episode. Very different, like, intentions. Arrested Structure. Development just tried to be witty all the time. Correct, yeah. And this show just tries to be genuine all the time, and some things happen to be funny. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we've really, like, recommended this to people with this analysis. Yeah. If you haven't watched it... um. I I guess my biggest quibble with the show is like how famous it got. Uh-huh. I think You that, liked it as a little I think that it works best as this like little heartwarming sitcom that really grows on you. Right. And I understand that like especially in the times of quarantine it is the perfect short um like endearing kind of show yeah. that doesn't tackle super serious issues. It has like some nice messages about like getting along with people and and like not being right. cocky and um accepting yourself and accepting others but it's not like a super in your face um, no like you said show. quite well like the almost like the absence of the toxicity is kind of one of the the gems of it not that they're not that it's ignoring it but like its absence is is kind of um tangible in the yeah. show yeah so I think that it's almost like, I wouldn't say utopia because there's plenty of problems. Sure. But like the, it's kind of comforting to watch a show where the problems are like, who's going to buy Bob's cars mechanic? I mean, it's a, it's like, a cozy comedy, right? Like a cozy mystery is a, is a murder mystery That's that takes place in this little small town with like very little connection to the outside world. And in this show, for a while, I was like, are they even ever going to go to Elmdale? Because they always say, oh, that's yeah, an that Elmdale. And like for while, the two first two seasons, I don't think they ever go. Um, I think the... Season this... two, you get the, the shot of David in Amish country, which oh, is fantastic. I was going to say Dress but... Barn. Yeah. Um, I was going to say the Blouse Barn, sorry. Blouse Barn, yeah. The stakes are very high for the characters and very low for the world. Correct. So it's yeah. It's, if David's store crumbles, if Johnny can't find a new business, if Moira's acting career doesn't get resuscitated, it doesn't matter. And I think that's it's comforting to watch other people's problems that are very far separated from any of your problems. Mm-hmm. And it's comforting to watch that like people can change and become their better selves and get back in touch with their families. And she's still on the town council throughout the last parts of the show. I think so. Hmm. They didn't really do that much with that. Um, I, well, I think that was kind of a stepping stone of like her getting her confidence back. Yeah. So I would recommend watching it, but I, I would not recommend you watching it with this, the expectation that it's the best comedy ever or that it's like going to redefine the genre or that it's going to like 
fix your entire life. No. I would recommend watching it with the expectation that it's going to be like a cozy little show that will grow on you and you'll really care about the characters and there'll be some amazing episodes and some episodes that miss. Yeah, even in a final season that like they they did managed quite well, I think. Like there are some weird episodes. And weird like B and C plots in some of those episodes. Yeah. Um, I actually really loved the last season. I was really nervous about it. Yeah. Overall, I really loved it, and I would. I like the happy ending episode. I, mm. Yeah, that was bizarre. <laughs> I thought you were gonna say the bed wedding episode. Oh, that one too. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, there were definitely a couple swings and misses there. Sure. Or just kind of odd sections, but I would like yeah. to watch. So I I watched the first four seasons by myself, then caught up with you, and then we watched season five, mm-hmm. and then kind of binged season six with your parents. Over the so, course of like four days. Yeah. I'd like to. Well, that's kind of a binge for me. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I'd like to watch five and six again, I think. Instead of mm-hmm. like watching it in syndication, mm-hmm. I think I'd rather watch five and six. I think I think we've gotten to the point in our Parks and Rec journey where we can watch Parks and Rec in syndication. Yeah. Don't have to watch that straight through. But we Shit's Creek would be one where I think it would make more sense to just like figure out where we where we left off and just Makes watch sense. it straight through. Okay. So I think I'm gonna pivot for I'm gonna Call an audible. Yeah. We're um, both yawning, so are we going to wrap it up soon? I was going to say, um, I'm going to suggest that we switch what book we're going to talk oh, about. Oh, you are going to throw me a curveball. Um, the children love the books. Mm. I was going to pick the one that I think we probably have the least to talk about with. The Time War. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... And it's not because I forget it, because if you had asked me to talk about this <laughs> book the day after I finished it... I would have the same, the same feedback. I feel um, like so. The the book we're talking about is a short book, so we'll keep it yep. a short segment. There you go. Um, it is how to lose a time war. Fantastic title. Um, I was ready. I added it to my to read list just because of the title. I had heard good things about it on the Instagram. Bookstagram. Bookstagram. This is how you lose the time war. Excuse yeah. me. Um, I. I'm a little bit of a sucker for time travel. You Not are, yeah. in like a super sci-fi way. Like I don't want like like time travel with like science fiction. Mm-hmm. I'm more of like a time travel um, drama kind of person. Sure. Um, I, I I blame the author who shall no longer be named. Yeah. Because the third book, book of the series that shall no longer be named was one of my favorites. Yeah. Um, and I think I've always loved time travel because of that and mm-hmm. like the way it's presented time manipulation time manipulation mm. um time traveler's wife i like that one yeah about time <sighs> best movie ever mm-hmm. um i'm trying to think of what other like time travel things i've enjoyed it's so, like looper would be like too too getting too close to sci-fi I for think you so yeah even, even like um back to the future like oh god that was so bad I don't know if I've ever seen the whole thing. I don't Back know. to the Future? No, we sat down. We talked about it on the podcast about Did how we? bad it was. Yeah. It's I, think bad. I, must, I think I blocked out the second half of it. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. There was like the clock and the wires. The clock. The yeah. The prom and the, whatever. Yeah. The lightning and the... the, the What's like lights? another key time travel like piece of media? Oh, um, Outlander. I like Outlander. Hmm. I liked Outlander. Um, anyway, so I hmm. like time travel... And this seems like... I typically don't. 
It's going to color both. I think that's important that I mention that because it's going to color both of our mm. opinions of this a little bit, I think. Um, I thought this would be kind of perfect for me because it's time more. It's kind of sci-fi. It's a little bit more sci-fi than I would want it to be. Who the? How could you even know? <laughs> Can I finish? <laughs> um, it was a little bit more sci-fi and like experimental than I wanted it to be, I that's guess. That's a good word. Um, I, w- I was hoping for like just a little bit more um, substance. Hey, tell us about the characters. Tell us about the plot. I would. I would prefer. I think it was a lot of style over substance. I'm stealing this from the Bake Off episodes we just watched. That is um, accurate. I would say it was style over substance. A lot of it. The um, the writing was beautiful, but it really, really struggled with not crossing the line into pretentious. It's two authors too, which was interesting to me. I, and I started my book to just review by giving them credit for, for having a an author duo. They managed to create a singular narrative voice. I absolutely hated that voice, but it was consistent. <laughs> it wasn't like some of those duo books you read where you're like, oh, he wrote one chapter, she wrote the next chapter, yeah. I can tell. I, I think I liked a lot of the things that you hated about it. Uh-huh. I kind of liked that they just dropped you in with no context and you just had to figure out what was going on. In a time travel book? That's terrible. But I like more fantasy type type books than you do. I think in a lot of fantasy and portal fantasy and things like that, you kind of do just get dropped into... Usually you're following a character, but Mm -hmm. in a lot of fantasy books, you do just get dropped into it. Like if you ever read Lord of the Rings... There's fucking 200 pages of history about people you've never fucking heard of. So I think... Um, even though it's sci-fi, I think it reads a little bit more as fantasy, and then they just kind of drop you into That's this. Probably universe. why I disliked it so much. Yeah, and I found that interesting because I was just—it's it, almost like a little bit of a of a mystery of like, oh, what's what's happening? You kind of have to pick up on some of those clues. Um, I I liked the characters. I think I did struggle a little bit at first to distinguish between the two of them. I didn't actually realize they were two different characters at right. first. I thought they were writing to themselves. I was having so a hard time thinking like about which chapter. So it is like an epistolary novel. Which I love. Fuck, I fucking love epistolary novels. And I, I, I wrote my review. The epistolary parts were the best for me. Um, and gave those characters voice. And I thought the in-between sections were where I was just lost. Dear Simon. And... Um, Dear Simon? Uh, Simon, Simon, and the Homo Sapien Agenda. Yeah, right. The yeah. Guernsey Potato Peels. The love letters from Sky. Letters from Sky. Like, love a good epistolary novel. Mm-hmm. Um, usually a good one. This this was okay, but yeah, it didn't. The epistolary part didn't really make or break it for me. I guess. Yeah. Um. I. I think my biggest takeaway is that. I was tiring of, like, the shtick of it. I much appreciate how short the book was, yeah. One of my points in my review was that the authors were wise to make it a novella, as I don't think the style would have sustained a full-length book. Co-sign that, yeah. I think that it was very unique. I think that they had a very distinct, like, vibe they were going for, and Mm -hmm. I got that vibe. Um, Like, the... Whatever they tried to... Like, whatever... 
kind of feelings they tried to instill or world they tried to instill in this book, mm-hmm. it came through. I think they had a very specific idea and they were able to put that, uh, put a very like abstract idea into words. Hmm. Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Like there wasn't a lot of like details about the um, characters or some of the more obscure universes and they still managed to like give off a certain feeling or describe a certain setting. Yeah. Um, I struggled a little bit with the pacing. Yeah. Because I I kind of think I either wanted it to just be like the letters back and forth or I wanted the actual plot to start earlier in the book. Mm-hmm. Like the first half of the book, it's just these letters back and forth. And then all of a sudden there's the plot and the time travel elements and the mystery of who's this person following her and the drama of the uh, other people in the organizations. And yeah. you start to learn more about each organization and they're like kind of equally bad, but in different ways. And then they're you know, sick. I and agree then- with you that if it was more vague and you just got the letters and you were like, I don't know what a time war is. I don't know what side they're on, but like you hear their voice and you get their struggle. I think it could have worked, but when you do try to fill in some of the context is where I was just I, on that's, board. Yeah, that's, I think that's part of the reason I gave it a B or a B plus. I gave it a D. Um, Did you fall for the romance? Were you invested in the romance at all? Not to the point of like crying. Mm. Um, I was interested to see how it turned out and I like, I'm sure I felt something with the way that it turned out in the end. I kind of had a guess by that time and I was mostly right about it. There were a few good twists, but you still don't even understand what happened. So, You're making a fix. I, you cried about David and Patrick. I did cry. I cried a lot about them. Um, I just felt like they were unsure of whether they wanted it to just be this like epistolary novel where the real life was in the background Mm -hmm. and you were just trying to pick up clues from the the letters or if they wanted it to be um to have this this like sci-fi-esque plot yeah and i think that the book struggled a little bit with that tug of war between the two i don't think it was always balanced very well between like the epistolary story and the like outside forces I think that's a good way to put it. Hey, so I think I think if you're curious, it is worth reading. Uh, I've seen some people who are like, I need to own six editions. It's like my favorite Oof. book. I've heard other people like yourself who are just like, I didn't like a sec- single second of it. Yeah. I kind of fall somewhere in the middle where I appreciated the beautiful writing. I appreciated what they accomplished because it's very experimental and it's unlike a lot of other books that I've read. Mm-hmm. Some parts of it really worked for me. But overall, it just like, did not quite come together enough for me to like make it a favorite you and i have been talking about the publishing process a bit and and getting agents and and submitting manuscripts to agents can you imagine (laughs) if this book was submitted by a first time author especially first 50 pages (laughs) if they are first 20 first chapter (laughs) it's just i'm and that's kind of my point is that not every book has to uh, be accessible in the same way, but it's just funny to me. I think for our TV intros, we should just do a duet. Simply the best, better than mm-hmm. all the rest, better than anyone I know. 
Mm-hmm. I don't actually know the rest of the words. Um, so you yeah. would like, was there anyone you would recommend it to? My worst enemy. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I don't think so. Okay. I think um, it's short enough. It is dense, but it's short enough that I think if you're curious uh, and if you do like time travel books Bored. or kind of more experimental sci-fi-esque books, um, I think give it a read. I think if after a couple chapters you're like, I don't get it and I'm not curious about it, then you can just stop. Yeah. Like, I think give it a try, but I think if you push through expecting that you'll start to like it, I don't know. If you if you don't appreciate the epistolary aspects, if you don't appreciate the um, like kind of vague world build, world building is a strong word. If you don't appreciate the the world smacking you in the face, and don't appreciate the the writing style of it, yeah, maybe be higher drunk while reading it. I don't know. I don't know if that would. I think that would make it worse for me. Um, I just want to break the fourth wall here for a moment and point out that on the agenda we were to talk about one of my favorite books of all time and my partner here pivoted to talk about a book I hated <laughs> but it's probably for the best because I enjoy talking about things that I dislike more than I, I talk about I was trying like. to be respectful of that other book that you like and give it the the Dude, discussion it yeah. deserves and not try and rush it into a world of you, exhausted I love you I love you too what, what did you put was that Irish tea? <laughs> is that a thing? no Irish coffee oh Got a lot of brandy up there. We only use it once a year. Um, also had to mention this. Do not watch Shit's Creek things on YouTube. The cast seem like they're delightful people, but they do not do good, like, outside of filming things, it seems. Although the last official episode, like, epilogue thing, was very well cut, very well edited, very well done. But, like, the all the interviews and stuff that will come up on your YouTube suggestions because it knows that you like Shit's Creek. They're not great. They're not good. It reminds me a lot about of the Good Place cast where they just mm. went on every talk show and cried the and they were like, show. oh my God, the table read. You just, it was just like a table read. There will never be a show like this again and oh we'll never God. be this happy again. Yeah, it's a little bit much. Okay. I think I've got I, all my feelings. I on. would say that Dan Levy has had some good interviews on himself. I've listened himself, to him talk. Though. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's it for our show today. And by that's yeah. it, I mean we've talked for way too long and probably not been cohesive. We enough skipped about upcoming anything. things. It concerns oh, me. Shit. It concerns me how many things are coming out. And I know maybe we haven't hit the corona dry spell yet, but I feel like more things are being filmed than we realize. Did you follow Kaylee Cuoco? on instagram uh uh-huh. she just filmed a whole tv well she filmed half the tv series before covid and they went back and like redid filming guidelines i don't like this i don't like a this. lot of things are being filmed with like safe guidelines now they're okay back. they're back okay have you noticed the commercial you were the one that pointed it out yeah so this don't do this there were masks on or something yeah. um i'm gonna save a couple of my upcoming things i just want to say that there's a couple things coming up on netflix um, one of them you alluded to earlier without knowing it, Selena, the series what? on Netflix. What? I don't know many details about it, but Selena, the series. I wonder if I it's authorized down. by the family or not. I'll have to Google it. I don't know. Hmm. Maybe the dad died. That's bleak. 
I'm just saying, isn't he the one who tried to control the yeah. movie? So maybe there's been a change of leadership in the family. Um, Bridgerton is a very famous romance series, I it's guess. A terrible Julia word. Quinn, I think. Um, and Shonda Rhimes. What's uh-huh. her name? From uh, Grey's Anatomy and all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. She is doing this. She produced the series. Um, I think it sounds interesting. I kind of want to watch it. Because um, I don't really, I'm not really into any shows I'm watching on my own right now. Every time I have a chance to watch TV by myself, mm-hmm. which is like maybe once a week, I never know what to watch. I've been slowly watching my way through Steven Universe, which is not like a draw. That's like Saturday morning when the baby is playing show, not like a drama to watch. Yeah. Anyway, so I kind of am interested in this Bridgerton show, even though I've never read the book series. I did just read a really good romance called The Prince on Paper by Alyssa Cole. I recommend it. I gave it an A. Um... I think it's kind of show, the kind of show that I could probably like have my grandma watch and she and I could talk about it because she likes romance books. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, also... Selena on Netflix is authorized by the family. A Spanish movie, El Secreto de Selena, is not and will be released on December 4th on also some on platform. I, I doubt it, but... Um, are we going to watch it? I'll translate for you. Hmm. Um, and the other one is Jingle Jangle. Yes. So I started to save Christmas movie ideas to watch. Okay. Because I think we're going to just be sitting at home. Um, and we'll probably maybe have run out of bad old movies to watch by then that are available on our on-demand service. Yeah. Anyways, um, Jingle Jangle is a Christmas movie on Netflix, but it's like a steampunk magic black character Christmas movie. Okay. Um... I'll play you the trailer sometime. Sure. Uh, interested to watch it. And I've seen a lot of people giving it applause for being like a movie with black characters. That's just kind of a whimsical, silly movie. and isn't like about horrible imprisonment or death or racism sure. or whatever. Like, like you know, black joy. So what's our, what's our game that we're playing with our listeners if they hung on this long this week? Oh, um... <laughs> what's the key word? I'll shut you out on our bookstagram account what's the code word though um shingazi shingazi does that mean aunt is not the word where's my mug oh i thought that was (laughs) the town in golden compass (laughs) sinagazi sinagazi no isn't shingazi how you say aunt in swahili yes um Golden Compass, the second season's coming out next month. I still don't believe that, but... I'll watch it even if you don't want to watch it. Okay. Um, Shingazi. This has been an episode. It has been. Says Purred Happily. Um, thanks for listening, if you stuck around this much. And uh, we'll see you next time, whenever that is. Okay, peace Stay out, people. Stay safe, and vote if you can, please. Bye.